This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. 822 here on a Thursday ahead of the epic storm. Rain. Whatever you want to call it. Get your canoe. Get your boat. Get your hip waders. It's coming. Uh, we got our counterpoint guests in and ready to go. We got Melissa Lansman, VP over at Hill and Knowlton Strategies. Hello there. Hello. And we got a new voice. We got Stephen Sparling finally in studio, president of Halton Government Relations. Hello. Hi. All right, let's get going here. We got uh, new news and new numbers finally out from Canada's budget watchdog. Uh, who agrees with the federal government's claim that Canadians are going to get more from the climate change tax rebate than they'll pay in carbon tax? They predict or he or it predicts, that uh, the fuel charge will bring in more than $2.4 billion just in Ontario. Another $200 million will be raised from the tax applied to emissions from the large emitters. But if you look at the numbers, guys, it's households. It's households and small business taking the brunt of the hit, not the big polluters. And it's not neutral. The feds are raking in $6 billion countrywide for something that will do nothing for the environment. Yeah, look, I don't think this changes the conversation. You're absolutely right. 92% of, uh, of the fees levied from this are punitive against households, against small business, and that means only 8% is the actual emitters. So what the Liberals are saying is that you and I are the polluters and big business um, you know, doesn't, doesn't actually pay. And in fact, when they do, uh, you know, when they do pollute... The, the, the Liberal government turns around and gives them $12, bil- uh, $12 million for, for fridges at Loblaws. It's absurd. Uh, and this, you know, th- this isn't going to pass the smell test. Well, it's not. But unfortunately, people like to get money back. And when you hear you're going to get 300 bucks back, even though it pales into comparison of what you're going to you know, uh, spend, Stephen, people do tend to forget they do tend to forget, but the reality is there's no conservative government that's going to be in favor of, of this consumer tax. Yes, the, the rebates are going to be there for a while, but in fact, it's a punitive tax. I mean, we have constantly said that here in Ontario, we've already met 75% of the government, federal government's own uh, plans that they signed on to at the Paris Accord, mm-hmm. but it's completely ignored. They completely just are going about their cash grab and they're trying to hoodwink the public and we want no part of a consumer tax like this. Right. I mean, look, you need only look to see what's happening in BC. I mean, I talked about it last night. The, the, their people have ga- got gas being stolen out of their cars because it's so expensive there. I don't think it'll get as expensive here, but I mean, at some point... Well, you actually have no idea because well, the Liberals' own numbers say that, you know, today it's $30 a ton. Tomorrow it might be $50 a ton and it could go up to $300 a ton. So at what point uh, does this tax remain the same? And at what point do they stop 
uh, passing out that rebate. So you get the rebate tomorrow because you filed your taxes. If you did them on time, I, I haven't yet. So I, I admit that. I have. I just didn't ask. The and uh, <laughs> so you get that rebate back. But when it comes October and you're filling up your car at the pumps, you're going to be awfully angry that that price is uh, is jacked up. All of these hidden costs of goods, like if you're, you know, yeah. you're unless you're growing your own vegetables and you're living in a tent and you're not heating it and you live in downtown Toronto and you take public transit, then sure, maybe the carbon tax doesn't affect you. But if you're a 905 resident and you drive your car and you drive your kids to hockey and you go to the grocery store and you buy toothpaste, all of that is going to be more expensive and people are going to notice in October. Yeah, and, and that's what I think people don't realize about the BC, you know, neutral tax when it was put in. It was neutral for like a day. And then, of course, it, it's not, they don't even call it neutral anymore because it's just not. Because it isn't. And it's exactly right. I mean, we just, we, 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 we put 10 cents off the gas or, as a government, the liberals add in five cents. It's just, it's just endless tax grab and we're furious about it. Let's talk about Canada's privacy commissioner issuing a fairly scathing report into Facebook saying that they failed to protect user privacy by allowing personal info to be used by outside sources for political purposes. And Facebook basically told the privacy watchdog to blow it out his ear. Um, And so he is, you know, we're actually taking them to court. Um, And they already face fines of up to $5 billion over privacy breaches in the United States. But but the bottom line is, Stephen, this is a powerful platform. They carry a lot of control. They're going to have huge influence in our election. And there's not a darn thing we can do about whatever they, you know, do, don't do and don't protect. Well, it's another example of the liberals asleep at the switch. I mean, Minister Gould stated, uh, I think just today even, that in fact, uh, oh, it's too late, Uh, we won't be able to do anything about this for the election. Well, what have you been doing for the last three years? Why is this right on the eve of the federal election? It's just another example where the liberals continually are, you know, missing the boat. What do they do? I mean, you don't want the government stepping in and regulating. No, of, of course not. You don't want the government stepping in, regulating, overstepping their, uh, you know, their boundaries and going into content. Like we don't, we won't want the government regulating what, well, frankly, what you're saying on the radio or what's, what's being said <laughs> well, on but, TV. But I am regulated. That's well, the reality for big net, big, big media well, is that we are regulated. Why would we want to regulate uh, uh, the internet? It, it like, it makes no sense. But on this Facebook issue and what the privacy commissioner does, like Facebook didn't exist 15 years ago. And if it wants to exist, it's a much 15 nicer years, world, by the way. Fifteen years ago, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with. We've got to go back in time, like old man yelling at a cloud. Like it's not going to happen. <laughs> Facebook exists, and we have to learn uh, to live with it. And I think what this tells people that if you're not paying for a platform and you're giving it all this information, uh, you know, you're the product. They're selling you. So I think Canadians are going to wake up to this. Uh, you know, the use of Facebook has gone down significantly in Canada, you know, 30 to 40 yeah. percent. Uh, the trust in Facebook has gone down. And I think it's incumbent on the company to do something, um, you know, to get people's trust uh, uh, back. Well, there's that. But there's also you have to put some of the onus on people like you just don't believe everything you see on social media. I mean, honestly, how many times do we have to say, look at more than one source of information. Absolutely. You know, um, these days, like, for example, journalists, they have editors, they have this, they have that. But bloggers, you know, yeah. they, it's out, you know, happens half an hour. They're on the news, like they're, they're posted like 30 minutes later, and it could be completely and utterly fact. Well, it could just incorrect. be an opinion rather right. than just straight But they up. don't present it that way many no. times. No, they do not. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here while we can, and we'll talk about the $1.6 billion that the school board's uh, Forgot that they didn't know they were getting, so they made a big stink for nothing. We'll talk about that coming up next here on Point on Global News Radio.
You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. 8.33 on this Thursday. Great to have you here. we got Melissa Lanceman and Stephen Sparling in place tonight. The Ontario government will be putting $1.6 billion uh, towards ensuring school boards don't have to lay off teachers um, because of increased class sizes. And so this is called attrition protection money. It'll be announced officially tomorrow, which means that uh, if a school board has 10 fewer retirements than expected, so, you know, for example, then it can afford to not lay off 10 teachers rather by drawing on this fund. We have heard, Stephen, a lot of um, rhetoric and spin on all sides. I mean, this is generally what happens when you've got the unions trying to get money, you've got the teachers, the the boards, everyone's got a piece in it. And then, of course, uh, the premier and his people, everyone's got a message to deliver. But the bottom line is there's the money and there's not going to be the layoffs that we've been told would be happening. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, the, the, the teachers union have been screaming bloody murder about this, but I think it's important that you that we point out that Minister Thompson has been consistently saying the last 10 or 15 years they've added 100,000 jobs, which is an 11% increase, and enrollment in students is going down. So we were trying to deal with something, and then we come up with this $1.6 billion that's going to really deal with all the issues that the teachers have been saying. Maybe they didn't know about it and it's just going to be announced tomorrow, but it should address a lot of their concerns. My feeling is in a year or two, when it goes up to 27 or 28, the classroom size, it's going to be fine and everybody's going to be fine with it. But, you know, I think through attrition, we'll mostly deal with it, and this $1.6 billion will help where it doesn't. Right. So then why not explain that better and put the information out so that we can avoid all this kind of rhetoric that we hear? Yeah, look, I think in terms of every budget, there is, you know, there is lots of work that is done after the budget in terms of, you know, line items, in, in terms of how much money is left for those. And and, and, and school, school boards themselves say that they can't make staffing decisions until they have well, if they can't all do anything, let's get rid of the boards. I think that's what's clearly needed. Well, get rid of the boards. Look, I, I think that's a wider conversation. <laughs> but if I'm, you know, if I'm a union boss, um, and uh, you know, for the school unions, I know that I'm going into a negotiation about my salary in uh, in the fall. I'm going to try to get the public on side, and the way that I'm going to do that is I'm going to fearmonger that you know Doug Ford is going to ruin education. Whereas I've hired more teachers over the last number of years. Uh, you know, class sizes have gone down, and math scores have actually gone down in the province so I don't have a leg to stand on if it comes to asking for for, for more money so it, when it comes to you know Ontarians looking at this we can't do the same thing so we're gonna have to figure out a way to do something different and I think this is a very smart way you know lower the number by attrition um, you know invest in different programs get those math scores up and yeah I do agree with you it could be communicated a bit better yeah I think they could spare themselves a lot of agony if they just explained it and said here's the dollar amount and then that way you cut through the spin right away with your message. Having said all that, that doesn't mean the unions are going to stop. Of course, they're, they're not. They gonna never stop. stop. But again, there's always something against the conservatives, and it's not even the conservatives. Teachers, you know, if if it's the NDP or if it's the liberal, whoever's against something that they're like they're massively on it, and this is another example of it. But for conservatives, they love to scaremonger, and it's just not true. We have to consistently. Get a strong message out there. Let's hope the minister does that tomorrow. Well, it would be nice just so there's not a hundred more questions after the uh, conversation's over. Because then again, the, the wheel of information will be once again on what aren't you telling us, this hidden agenda. 
but nonetheless, we'll wait and see uh, what happens with the reaction to it. Uh, one of SNC-Lavalin Group's uh, principal lenders is playing defense, saying the engineering firm, they've paid the price for wrongdoing committed by these former employees, and, well, they deserve that deferred prosecution. So we're talking about the National Bank, um, which is... Uh, Clearly stepping up for SNC because they say they've paid the price by, you know, losing 45% of their market share and Canada simply can't afford to lose this business. So, you know, the bottom line is if this company gets their deferred uh, prosecution, um, Melissa, I think people will go nuts. Well, look, I, I think there is the company will get their deferred prosecution. It's a matter of uh, of when. I hope somebody's paying attention to that Gazette every day. Well, I should, you should uh, hope. You know, eh? Figuring out whether that uh, that deferred prosecution is uh, agreement is there. But of course, the lender wants yeah. uh, SNC to do well. Like they're probably probably a lot of outstanding money. There. But it's not a smart strategy. I mean, SNC would be better off saying, "Guys, shut up," because you've got all these big companies making sh- like. They're putting out their own advertisements. Nothing has been a smart strategy (laughs) on this entire file. Like the fact that we're talking about it in like week 10 or week 11 or I've lost week 1000. (laughs) uh, The fact that we are still talking about SNC uh, and and the Liberals complete like blundering of that file. uh, Nobody's going to save the day for them. No, but do you get the sense that this is going to happen? Well... Whether it does or it doesn't, it's a, it's a darn shame that SNC Level has been caught up in this. I mean, uh, you could say at the beginning of the process. I'm not feeling so sorry for us. At the beginning of the process, yeah. you know, uh, perhaps they could have, you know, if, if you know, Teflon Trudeau had made a, a little uh, uh, different approach and up front and said, look, we need to save 9,000 jobs. We're going to go this way and we're going to prosecute the executives and we're going to find the company. I think people would have dealt with it. But instead... The company has been caught up in the liberal mismanagement of it so dramatically, it's like endless. I uh, Even our uh, former uh, Attorney General, uh, Rob Nicholson, who was the Attorney General and the Minister of Justice for six of the nine years in the uh, Her- Harper cabinet, he pointed out that in some countries, like the UK, the Attorney General is not even a member of cabinet. Mm-hmm so that it can be kept separate. And here we've got the Prime Minister, you know, who's now the troubled Trudeau and not the Teflon Trudeau, is consistently, you know, doesn't get the rules. He just doesn't understand the rules. And well, it's I know I think he doesn't understand them, them and, and he just doesn't follow them because then there's this other Globe and Mail piece that comes out yesterday, again, where we're talking about, you know, this time a $1,600 liberal fundraiser in Toronto last month. And I'm pretty sure it was the same fundraiser where Mr. Trudeau made fun of a grassy, uh, narrow uh, protester. But Thank you for your donation. Yes, thank you for your donation. But one of the donations he apparently got was a $1,600 donation from an American. Uh, they're denying it now, but... Um, Got a nice little one-on-one meeting to talk to Mr. Trudeau about bringing his pot technology to Canada. Even got him a nice little one-on-one meeting with uh, Minister Navdeep Bain. Look, this is a kind of inside baseball. It's like pay to play. But the Liberals in 2016 made laws to make sure that no one had the even slightest appearance of getting a- access to elected officials. A- and here they are again, like... Well, it's not inside baseball. I mean, it's pretty simple. It's cash for access. I give 1600 bucks. I get to talk to the prime minister about the thing that I want. And then he introduces me to another guy who's going to give me the thing that I want. And if this government em- embraces any of the technology and it has not, I, I have no idea whether this technology is good, it's safe, it's, it's, it's good for the industry. That's not the point. But if they find themselves with a big government contract, then it's pretty simple to understand. Sure. You got to pay your 1600 bucks uh, to 
get a meeting uh, to get the government to buy a lot of your product. Stephen? Well, like, first of all, full disclosure, you know, like I am a lobbyist, so, you know, I don't Ooh. have a problem with people uh, raising money or going to events. I don't have a problem with meeting, raising money, as too. Long as, 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 you're following not, uh, as long as you're, as long as you're not, following the rules. As long as you're following the rules. I mean, but the reality here is everybody's raising money for their party. That's fine. But in, t- in, in, in light of all of the, you know, uh, problems that the liberals have had with their Laurier Club, which is the fifteen or $1,600, uh, you know, dollars. The and, Silver you know, Spoon crowd. Yeah. yeah. I mean... They should have been more careful. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. It's just a consistent show of lack of judgment on the on behalf of, of the liberals, and particularly the prime minister. Now, you can argue back and forth, well, it was just a conversation at an event. Blah, you blah. can argue they all do it, yeah. but they're not supposed to. Well, so certainly you know, not the prime cannot, minister. You cannot be an American CEO no. and attend this function. You can attend it, but yeah. somebody somebody had given him the ticket or some whatever the, the circumstance. The reality is it looks... Bad, and it's consistently bad, and the liberals consistently seem to make errors along the way. Yeah, well, it'll be an interesting trip and stumble to the election trail. All right, guys, I've got to leave it there, but I thank you both for joining us. Melissa Lansman, Stephen Sparling, joining us tonight. Thanks, guys. On Global News Radio.